What's up and welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture or your year roundup in pop culture, I guess. I'm Pat Sheehan with Dave Martins. Dave, we did TV last. We got movies in two weeks, but today, probably the list I agonized over the most best albums and best songs of 2018 how you doing today though dave i'm doing well sir i like you spent a fair amount of time on this list because i think the music is the hardest list to make just because you have them so much to pick from especially nowadays where there's so much music easily accessible this is a challenging task i say definitely more than last year because i've listened to a lot more music this year fun to make though because i think there's i mean a lot of a lot of good picks and a lot of good things that i had to admit you know it's that's what that's why you make the list when it's challenging like that yeah i look at my honorable mention a section and it's pretty long yeah. <laughs> uh and we're, we're gonna we're gonna be jumping in into a, a few of these in deep dive i also have some on here that we didn't even talk about throughout the year just things that we had overlooked i got too late and didn't make sense to circle back to why don't we jump in here and before we do jump in I want you to hit that subscribe button if you're listening on YouTube and uh, go to soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod and you can catch us anywhere uh, that you can get podcasts, including Spotify now. So give us that follow, share us with friends and at nostalgiapod on Twitter is where to hit us up for all the content that we don't talk about on the pod. All right, best albums. We're going to count down 10 to 1. I cheated on these lists, Dave. I'm going to tell you how. I made my list of 11 giving uh sharing the 10 spot on both lists because i just i couldn't i couldn't whittle it down that much so wow i'll go first i'll go first on albums you can go first on songs uh number 10 anderson pock oxford tied with oxford i didn't hear that one oxnard (laughs) oxnard and uh tied with tierra whack whack world nice i'm wondering what we're i know you probably had anderson pock on your list did you have tierra whack yeah, so I have Anderson Pack number one. Uh, spoilers already, I guess. <laughs> and then Tierra Whack, I also have 10. All right, so why don't we talk about Pac first? Why was it your number one? Yeah, this is, it's funny because I, uh, also more spoilers, I did not pick an Anderson song for the so- for the songs list. And I was trying to, you know, I was thinking, I was like, do I have an Anderson song that I really would go to? And I really couldn't narrow it down. I couldn't whittle it down. And I think that kind of speaks to the strengths of the album for me anyway, is that, I just thought front to back, the vibe was so strong and the highs were so consistently high that, you know, I, I didn't want to like, um, I wanted, I'd rather honor the whole whole thing than just, you know, try and pick a highlight, which again, there's a lot of options, but I, uh, no, I, we, we talked about the album recently, so we don't want to belabor that too much, check the review out, but uh, I think Oxnard is perhaps not as strong as his last record, Malibu, but I think he's perhaps his most confident self on this album. And he's just a talented singer, talented songwriter, talented drummer. Great year for production. Obviously, Dr. Dre's all over this thing. Uh, great features from big name people like Kendrick and Q-Tip. And I just think it's it's a fucking fantastic West Coast album. It's great. So yeah, it's my favorite. It was tough to narrow it down with the other my, my number two to go, decide for one, but I went with it, and I'm happy with it. Really like the album. It's a solid choice of number one. I think that just speaks to the strength of music this year. Um, that it came in at number ten for me, and I could have had it almost anywhere else on this list. Uh, the thing that stands out most to me about Oxnard, and again, we thought we belabored this in our, our review, so definitely check that out. But I think just the way that Anderson, you know, infuses uh, his personality into this with his humor, um, his you know his his own stylings uh, like sonically and and you know 
with his jazz drumming, but also he gets like some of the best features in in this of the year. Um, you know, Tupac, uh, not Tupac. That'd be amazing. Q-tip. <laughs> uh, Snoop Dogg. He got Q-tip. You know, a great Cole. J. Cole feature. You got to like give it to him for that. So Oxnard, definitely check it out. Now, Tierra Whack is a little bit more interesting. She's a up and coming uh, rapper out of Philadelphia. And this is a 15 minute album with 15 songs. Uh, we, we reviewed this uh, earlier in the year. The reason that it makes it onto my list is because I think Tierra Whack is the most exciting uh, like new artist, if you want to call her new. She, this is her first like real, a pro- like real project. And the fact that she was able to make 15 songs that were one minute and make it a gripping listen is something that I think I've thought about almost as much as any other album this year, just in terms of how experimental this was and, and uh, what a great and, and interesting idea and to pull it off just, uh, and the fact that I come back to some of her songs on this too, for only being a minute. And I still like, like pet cemetery comes to head mm-hmm. as, as one that I come back to a lot. Mumbo jumbo. Yes. Mumbo jumbo is a great one off it. So Tierra whack, one of the most exciting artists of the year. Um, definitely uh, can't wait to see what she does more of. Yeah, I, de- I couldn't leave off this album just because despite the short, very short runtime, it presents so many more ideas than albums three times as long. And that's what's so exciting. Because again, as you mentioned, perhaps what's most exciting is future potential. The music will get next. But I think even just Whack World itself is, like you said, it's a very unique project. It doesn't really sound like anyone else, but also is quite impressive just in terms of sheer artistry. So yeah, I think it's uh, the, the, the format itself is worth honoring, but also is good content. So yeah, big fan tier whack. Looking forward to seeing what she does next for sure. Mm-hmm. What was your number 10? Tier whack, 10. Tier whack, okay, number nine for you? My number nine was Denzel Curry, Taboo, which we also reviewed uh, recently and or a few months ago. And I've been a Denzel Curry fan a long time, but this was his first like, quote good project i think the project's actually very great and he brings just intense lyricism uh manic energy on the mic and also doesn't really sound like anyone else i think his his voice is really uh unique but he also is kind of a purist in terms of his rapping ability but then you have this album and like yeah there was like the themes of like the dark and the light on it but if you just think about the lyrics what he actually gets down to you know, whether he's talking like about social issues and like death and, and darkness and depression and stuff, there's a lot going on. So I think uh, Taboo, another album where I didn't pick a song for my songs list from this because I just think as a it works better as a uh, work of art. But I think obviously the first single, Cloud Cobain, is probably the most successful song, but also is a little bit different that we've gone from Denzel before, you know, more of a, uh, a singy like pop rap song that also isn't skipping on the content. So... Uh, yeah, Denzel Curry, Taboo, his debut album. Uh, big fan. I'd love to tell people about him, and I think this has put a lot of people on because this album got a lot of love. Yeah, this was, a, uh, I think, a huge step up for Denzel Curry. Uh, he seems to be emerging as a budding star. It didn't make my list, but it's a very worthy choice. Um, you know, when, it, when it came out for a couple weeks, people just kept going back to it and back to it and lauding it. So if you missed that one, definitely uh, circle back to it. My number nine. Blood Orange, Negro Swan. Um, and this is one where I didn't pick a song off this to be on my best songs list, only because I think this album's strength is it being an album. Um, when you listen to this from front to back, it's 
very immersive and it really pulls you from song to song with the way that it's produced so beautifully um and blood orange as a musician and as a an artist i think really packs a lot of different ideas and some of the lyrics on this i think could have been improved but then he has other songs like orlando or charcoal baby which are i think incredibly uh exciting and and intimate and that play with these ideas that really pull you in it negro negro swan i think is uh an album that you're not going to see on a lot of people's top tens but it's going to be in people's like 15s 20s 30s but i i really think that for what he did in making this uh, a cohesive experience um it's a it's a wonderful project so uh did that this make your list i'm gonna guess no no it didn't this i, I like a list in my honorable mentions where it's like albums that like i respected and like recognize as good but they're not like my favorite type of music per se so thus they're not on my own list and but this will be one of those albums yeah it's, it was good very good all right, number eight. I had MGMT, Little Dark Age. Probably my biggest surprise of the year. MGMT kind of fell off there for a while. And when I heard they were dropping another album, I was like, ah, gonna give this crap a listen. And put it on the car. And I can actually remember driving to this and being like, oh, shit, MGMT is fucking <laughs> back. And it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, I when I looked at my Spotify year-end list, I had three or four songs from this album that I had listened to the most this year. Um, and I think that just speaks to not only how they were able to recapture the, like the poppiness of, of their sound, but they did it in a way that didn't feel cheap. Like they were just trying to make pop sounds. They stay true to, I think their inventiveness and, and what made them originally really exciting. But you know, like little dark age, she works out too much when you die, me and Michael James, like all of these songs are, are really great alternative rock songs uh, for whatever that means at this point and <laughs> mgmt i think again my surprise of the year for how they were able to come back and establish themselves and i'm actually excited for an mgmt album in the future couldn't have said that a year ago uh, yeah well it, exactly i think that's the main takeaway is just, it was very refreshing and unexpected return to form because it's been a while you know when fucking kids dropped and a record spectacular came out you know they, they've on quite the journey and they're kind of en- enigmatic guys as as it, as it is so it was it was nice to see this and yeah definitely one of those like first surprises because that dropped towards the beginning of the year so it's a good pick what was your number eight yeah my number eight uh, i don't have a whole lot to say but my number eight's j-rock's redemption hmm. i just think it's a really good like gangster rap album it's a really good street rap and like it's just one of those like solid records that most of the songs i think are really good again good features j-rock obviously has the te connection so he can bring in those people you can bring in fucking SZA you can bring in Kendrick but also like you know there's just those street singles and then I mean it started off with King's Dead which was obviously kind of viral for futures reasons but I think Rock really kind of came into his own on this because he's been someone who's been bubbling and grinding for so long Mm -hmm. so the fact that he finally can make an album that really you know just kind of captures the essence of who J-Rock is he'll never be the best best rapper the biggest rapper but I feel like this is finally like like, you know, it's like, quote, this is the J-Rock record that anyone will want, will want to put on. And it's kind of similar to uh, Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle, an album that actually just got a Grammy nomination. And I kind of view them in the same way, but I like this one a little bit more. So, that's, yeah, J-Rock. Uh, was very happy that this uh, did as well critically as it did. Obviously, it still didn't do that well commercially for him, which has been a trend for him. But I think Rock uh, is not too, uh, not too worried about that these days. He's doing good. Solid pick. A lot of hip-hop on your list so far. Does that continue at number seven? 
Yeah, there's a lot of hip hop on here, and it's funny because you know I have I have a lot of you know alternative people, uh, and I'm, you're gonna get to some of them, but it's like I never like revisited the albums that much, so I didn't want to put them on a personal list. But I mean, there's tons of albums that like if you were making like an objective list, yeah, it's gonna be a lot more uh, multi uh, yeah. multifaceted. For for me, it's like eighty <laughs> percent pop. Who do you got number seven? Number seven for me is Kid See Ghosts. Yeah, Kanye came in at number Kid six Cuddy. for me. Why did you have them at six? I have them at seven. Why? Uh, and I know initially when we heard that record, we're like, ooh, this is contender. This should be right at the top. Yeah. But it dropped a little bit for me. Probably dropped a little bit for you. Why was that? Well, well first, I think that this was a, uh, a great album um, that really pulled the best out of both of these uh, artists. You know, Kanye and Cuddy have had, I mean, they've been making songs since what like graduation like uh 808 808 so uh, he, he, yeah <laughs> i mean they, they've been making music for a while but they, you know they had their fallings out and it was publicly documented just like everything in kanye's life seems to be at this point and uh i think people were excited but cautious about this album and then you hear cuddy on yay you know on uh on, uh free and you're just like, whoa, they, they got something <laughs> here. And then it comes out, was that next week or two weeks later, Kids See Ghosts, and it's fucking fire. And I think that there's a song, track to track, it's it's very strong. But I think where it kind of fell off for me was I didn't find myself finding many of the songs super memorable. And I think even though it's a really solid project, and every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is really good. I never, I it never really like stuck for me like some of these other albums did. So for that reason, I think it fell a bit, but it's still ace. Why did it fall for you? I I think I agree. the the mem- the member bill aspects of it a little questionable. And I think the problem is when most people heard this album, it was uh, tough to judge. You know, strictly musically, a lot of people are bringing in outside forces. Obviously, when it comes to Kanye these days, which makes sense. Um, especially coming off Yay, which most people found pretty disappointing. I still like Yay quite a bit. Didn't make my list, but you know, Kids See Ghost was definitely a step up because it definitely felt like Kanye was just like more lucid on this. Again, given the recent work we were uh, comparing it against, but also Cuddy, who had been through a critically wrought time recently as a solo artist, to have these two guys kind of meet up and it's like that perfect union that it's like, wow, why couldn't we have got this? You know, back when more when they were writing "Welcome to Heartbreak" and stuff. You know, um, now I think there, are, like you said, there's just some really special moments. Like I think uh, the Louis Prima flip for Fourth Dimension is like classic Kanye production, and obviously Mike Dean was on that beat too. So I think that uh, that's probably my favorite song. Mm-hmm. I think Ghost Town Part Two did not live up to the namesake the way the first Ghost Town uh, put everyone on, but and then a uh, Reborn, which I'll talk about a little yeah. bit later. Um, gives Kanye's probably his best single verse in a very long time, uh, several years. So I think, yeah, even though it's has some issues and because it's a short record, seven tracks, 20 something minutes, it's tough to make an, a total impression if you're not nailing every single thing, mm-hmm. but I still think what we got is still really good. And, you know, again, do you separate any thoughts about Kanye, the guy right now, you listen to this, listen to him and Cuddy. It's great chemistry, and it, I think it ultimately just sounds very good. I, I totally agree. I, I I hope Kanye's able to kind of rein it in a bit. You know, he's been going on these uh, tweet storms recently, and, you know, he's saying that when he was dropping My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, like, he was doing these tweet, these tweet storms too, but it feels a little different. 
um, and you know, with everything surrounding him at this point, um, it, it's it's. I want him to be able to find a way to like harness that and not have to be out there the way he is. But that's a conversation for a non-list day. Let's keep it moving. You know, <laughs> this was probably the hardest pick for me because um, I mean I had probably about twenty to twenty-five albums that I was looking at for this list and the thing that kept coming up was boy genius camp cope uh you know phoebe bridgers um mitski mitski like all of these arcade courts yeah all of the but mostly female alternative rock artists it was a really strong category this year but the one that stood out the most and the one the interesting thing about is the longevity of it is soccer mommy and this is an album we didn't talk about on the pod um but soccer mommy uh probably has the line of the year uh i don't want to be your fucking dog which that song is fantastic and it, i i wasn't turned on to this album uh when it first came out but i my my girlfriend has xm radio in her car and she listens to the alternative stations a lot and I, so i heard your dog and every time we i would listen all the way through I'd be like that's a great song I check that out and then i started to hear cool and then i started to hear still clean and i was like man this girl's pretty good uh, gotta check it out and i finally got around to it about a month or two late and this album from start to finish is fantastic uh sophie allison uh this is her third uh album and she just kills it not only is it lyrically uh really introspective and and deep um and smart but she creates these grooves and these bass lines and these moments throughout the album that just like bring up so many like emotions and feelings for you around different topics you know kind of like um you know in skin like there's a a point in like the second uh chorus when everything kind of like swells together and it's just really beautiful or uh, like a stripped down um ballad like wildflowers it's just a really great way to end the album so uh, clean you know for an album that came out in march uh still the longevity and the lasting of it is phenomenal. So definitely check Soccer Mommy out, which seems to be announcing herself with authority. I also didn't even mention Snail Mail, which didn't make my list, but another female alternative artist, which pretty uh, fantastic album this year. So a lot's like. Definitely check out Soccer Mommy. I already talked about Kids See Ghosts. So why don't you jump to your number six, Dave? Yeah, my number six is Georgia Smith, Lost and Found, debut record. Thing is, my fate, my two favorite songs on that album are older, "Blue Lights" and "Teenage Fantasy," mm. the 2016 and 2017 song. So I would have picked one of them to be on the list if they were actually songs of the year. But regardless, her debut album, I think, kind of confirmed what a lot of people were suspecting that she's probably like the most exciting person, uh, you know, female in R&B space since like when Rihanna first popped. Like you can just see the potential and the talent. And she already has strong songwriting as like a 20 year old or however old she is. And I was just really impressed with it. And because, like, you know, it's alternative R&B. It's not more traditional, like, say, LMI or something. But, um, you know, I, I again, it's almost like tear whack where I want to hear what's next from Georgia Smith so soon. But, you know, I mean, shout out Drake. He put he this is one of like those finds that he should get a lot of credit for because obviously he gave her shine like two years ago now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was um, I was very happy with this. Came out back in June, and yeah, I think some of those big um, those big tracks from it stuck with me a long time. Uh, Where did I go? I think is probably my favorite song. That was a new 
an original to the album. Yeah. But yeah, big fan. Yeah, I really liked uh, Lost and Found, the title track of that album. I thought that was just a phenomenal like uh, song just to kind of put on and groove to, like drink coffee in the morning or something. It's it's really <laughs> beautiful. Um, she didn't make my list, but it's a worthy choice. Number five for me is Vince Staples, FM, a 22-minute album with 11 songs, but what they had, like one or two interludes of really only uh, nine songs. And, uh, you know, it's based around this like FM radio concept. Um, and Vince just voice in the morning. Yeah. Vince just fucking kills it, man. Like, (laughs) you know, we talked about big fish theory and and how excellent that album was and still going back to it. Like Bangkok is like, I think one of the best songs of like the past five years for me. I don't know. I just really back back. You mean bad backs? Yeah. There you go. Bangkok. (laughs) My brain is not functioning very well today. My brain don't work well, but kind of just to like bring it back to FM, he is so witty and he's able to create these songs that like suck you in. You're like, oh, this is a great song. And then you're like really tuned into the lyrics, you know, like like fun, probably the biggest song off it. You're really sucked in. You're like, oh, it's a groovy B. Like, I'm really into this. And then he's talking about like his homies getting killed in the street. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, this is classic Vince, where he's able to, like, suck you in and make it interesting, and you're really digging the vibe, and then you're like, oh, he's talking about some real shit and, like, some fucked up shit. Um, I'm guessing FM made your list. Probably a little higher, right? Yeah, FM's number three for me. Mm-hmm. And, we again, we reviewed it pretty recently, so we don't have to talk too much, but I would just add that I think this was almost unexpected level up from Vince because we already held him in such high esteem. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he can make such a well-constructed concept album at this length i think is incredibly impressive and then if you separate the album construct you just listen to songs like fun or feels like summer mm-hmm. uh, or even those interludes from earl and tiger pretty good <laughs> you know it's uh i think you can jump in at any point and just really enjoy yourself but great features uh kenny beats producer of the year killed it again on this mm-hmm. so yeah i love i love fm it's a great pick. Number three, it could have been number three of mine as well. Um, what's next on your list? Yeah, number five for me is Pusha T, Daytona, the first of those Kanye produced records back in June, right? June? If you know, yeah, you June. know. I think that actually came you out know. late May, May 26 or something like that. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, like Pusha T, he doesn't, I mean, again, we oh, check the review out for more, but we know that Pusha T doesn't do everything you can do in rap, but the things he does, he does really, really well. <laughs> and I kind of think about this sort of thing about J-Rock, where it's just like, your idea of a great Pusha T album is Daytona. You know, it, it's, it doesn't out, outstay its welcome. It has incredibly mean, uh, barky raps, the way you expect from Push. And it just fucking bangs. Like, I think, I, I will listen to Cocaine Metaphors still. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up for more when they're this good and they're this entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I fucking Daytona, a lot's been said about that, but I was fucking love this, this album. <laughs> yeah, it was number two on my list. Um, Daytona, it's for being seven tracks, I think I did not enjoy an album and want to just restart an album more than this one. Um, just because every song, it, it was, it sounded a little bit different, but it just had the same energy uh, and. Like you, I, you pretty much summed it up perfectly. Like, give me more 
uh, raps about cocaine if it's going to sound like this. I can't really look through the list and pick out one song I don't like that much. Maybe What Would Meek Do Like is like the one song I'm like, eh, yeah. it's not that great. But I would go with uh, Santeria for me. I, I like love Santeria. Lower point. Like, I think yeah, that's a great track. It, it, it's, you're nitpicking, I think, if you're exactly trying to really critique any one song. So, But again, you can jump into this album song by song or listen straight through. It's great either way, just like Vince. Yeah. We both had in our top fives. I think that speaks to the strength of it for itself. Uh, number four for you, what'd you, what'd you have? Number four for me is Mac Miller's Swimming. Perhaps this would have been a little lower on the list if Mac hadn't passed away. I, how mm-hmm. can I know? But I think at the time we talked about it where it was Mac continued to level up and evolve as an artist on this album more jazz instrumentation, more neo-soul influence. Obviously, we know how talented all his friends are. You know, internet has influence on here, right? Steve worked with Steve Lacey. Um, And I think Mac did a really good job about talking a lot about a lot of his demons, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't help at the end of the day. But uh, I think this is probably his most critically acclaimed album for good reason, because I think it has the most to offer in that regard. Um, again, we, we had seen flashes of this on past projects, even Divine Feminine, the one right before it. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of had an idea that Mac was, you know, already well beyond the early frat rap. But I think this really kind of crystallized here on Swimming that, like, Mac had, like, a lot of ideas that we never really were going to give him credit for. And I was very, obviously very all disappointed that we can't hear more. But I think Swimming is a pretty nice final record you know we talked a lot about posthumous albums recently from x and uh, little peep and those are those are unfinished you know half half baked songs mostly right but i think swimming obviously because he finished it while he was alive but swimming i think is a really nice uh, final piece of work so mm-hmm. uh yeah number four for me yeah it, it was jumping in and out of my list as i was like thinking of more records and kind of dissecting it it probably wouldn't end up as, as like 11 or 12 on my list um but it's a really strong record. If you go back and listen to our review, I think the thing that we came away with was at the time we felt like the sky was the limit for Mac artistically, that he was just about to go on this run of like making these really solid albums that were you know, showing his growth as an artist. And it's, it, I think that just um, enhances the loss even more than it already is. So definitely an album we're listening to. And I, I'm, you know, if nothing else, I, I, hope this also leads people back to his other albums which have been pretty good the last couple of years like you said after that frat rap phase he really grew so definitely hope people check that out number four for me was parquet courts wide awake and i knew this would be on there for you oh yeah somewhere oh yeah i mean i've probably talked about it uh multiple times in the pod um this was the most exciting rock album for me this year and i think what i liked most about it was it, it took this i mean they talked a lot about they talked about a lot of stuff i mean tom brady there's a tom brady metaphor in there somewhere um i think in Ooh. total football right in the beginning but it, this really focused on like protest and and uh political uh protest and how people they want change around these things but they put it they packaged it in this way that was really creative where they I mean, even just the the song "Wide Awake," which we'll we'll be talking, I'll talk about a little bit later. They use congos, they use bongos, they have this awesome bass line. They grew so much as artists from their last couple of records. I mean, just 
like the bassist for Parquet Courts really shines on this album. And I think they really tried to infuse more dance and, and almost in like an LCD sound system way. Uh, they, they really tried to make this a more interesting and inventive album and they, they really killed it. There's a stretch in the beginning um, from like almost had to start a fight to probably the, the song Wide Awake that is just a phenomenal stretch of songs. Freebird 2 is in there normalization um just a really strong record and uh if you if you like rock music and you're feeling a little bit dejected rightfully so about the state of it uh turn to parquet courts check them out and see if you can dig them because i i they give me a lot of optimism for the genre yeah i i think that's probably my favorite rock record of the year as well to be honest above the best i liked it as well yes i like this more than the best yes i I like the best first like ep more than their album that came out this year interesting you have well, the best on your list is are, are you hinting no nah, they were they were one of the uh the ones i had to leave off unfortunately number three for you dave number three for me is vince okay and number one for me is anderson pack so number two is probably on your list so why don't you keep going all right so three for me was casey musgraves we reviewed this earlier in the year um i'd never thought i'd have a country record on my list but um <laughs> Casey Musgraves just really uh, blew me away with this. And I hadn't really been that tuned into her until this year. Um, I, we, you know, when we talked about our anticipated albums for the year, we talked about how she was supposed to drop an album, but we were, neither one of us were very familiar. So when we, right. we reviewed this and we both liked it, I was like, huh, there's something here. And I went back to many of the songs on this. Like uh, Golden Hour is probably my favorite one from it. And it's just a, this very like watching the sunset type song. And it really just makes you like filled with like joy but then she had like happy sad um you know lonely weekend cowboy yeah slow burn space cowboy where she talked about loneliness and she talked about all these other things going on for her um and she tried out a lot of different hats on this to great success i mean um you know probably the the song everybody turns to off this is high horse which is like this disco country song which i'm i'm guessing will be on our list maybe uh i i chose to leave it off unfortunately because i had only wanted to pick one song from this record but almost every song on here i I enjoy when i listen back through it so um if you haven't checked out golden hour i highly recommend it even if you're not into country music um number two was was push a t daytona for me so your number two my number one gotta be dirty computer right oh yeah all right, why why are we giving Janelle so much praise here, dog? Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned this before the, the idea of I think for Pusha where you listen to a record and you just like want to restart it, you just want to like reset that vibe and mm-hmm. dive back in. That's how I felt listening to Dirty Computer the first time, and it's interesting because I mean it's what it's pop, it's R and B, it's soul, it's it's a lot of genres, Funk. but it, in, in yeah. a tasteful way. But Janelle has always. Uh, you know, on Electric Lady, on uh, Arch Android, she's the idea of like mach- man and machine has been something she's explored and worked on for some time, right? In her uh, mm-hmm. uh, her, her alter ego, she's been building up. So it's it, it definitely like a good sequel to her past work. Mm-hmm. But then even if you come into a blind without knowing the backstory of her career or anything, you can just immediately jump in and feel these songs that are both really fun and sound great you can dance to a lot of this album and you also can like really think and, and sit down and think about stuff too songs like pink for example are both really fun and have really good moments like when the bridge happens but also 
have like good messages and like make you think if you want to. And of course, the videos for this whole album uh, are awesome. You know, she's a big long one, and of course, a smaller actual single video. So I uh, struggled picking this versus Anderson. I think part of my reason going with uh, Oxstar number one is because I knew you would have Janelle yeah. uh, one, so I figured that we I wouldn't we wouldn't uh, copy kind of like last year where. Uh, I had Kendrick, you had Lord, and we just flipped them for yep. one and two. Same, same thought. But yeah, I think uh, Dirty Computer is fantastic, and it, I'm it's very well deserved for album of the year, uh, Grammy nom. It fucking won't win, no chance. But I'm really glad that she got that rec- recognition, you know, because again, yep. it's an album that didn't sell nearly as well, didn't stream nearly as well as we would have hoped, given how good it is and how critically lauded it was. But nevertheless, it's gonna endure. But why was it your number one? I mean, Janelle Mo Queen. Uh, Janelle Mo Queen. That's what I gotta say about. It. I was just gonna say she's just a fucking queen, man. Uh, from the album art uh, to basically the first like seven or eight songs of this album, which I think are all really, really good. Um, I mean, it drop. It, I guess it drops off when you get to a Pharrell Williams song, which I still think is very catchy and fun to listen to. <laughs> um, it's it's just crazy. It has this. I mean this the run from uh screwed to make me feel that's the best yes. four song run of the year and i mean if you want to just pick out 12 minutes off an album that you really can't skip through just because it's so infectious and so much fun to listen to um i, mm-hmm. I can't really think of another album that really compares to it that way for this year um and i mean the thing is i look i look up and down the playlist like even the first song like i i I remember Dirty first listening to Dirty Computer with Brian Wilson. I was like, this is really interesting. Like, it's really pulling me in. And then it jumps into crazy classic life and it blends so perfectly into this like pop funk, like goodness. And then she starts rapping at the end. And I'm like, oh shit, like Janelle's on another one right now. This whole album is fantastic. And, you know, you spoke to the themes of it. Um, but Janelle Monet is, uh, she's a lightning bolt, man. I, I really hope I catch her this summer at a festival because, uh, not only is she a great, um, she makes great songs, but she's a great performer on stage, and I'm really excited for her career. The only thing I have to say about it, like negative I have to say about it, is there were so many good songs, kind of like you did with Anderson. I left her off my best songs of the year list. I couldn't pick one of them. So, mm-hmm. um, and any honorable mentions you wanted to throw out there that we haven't talked about? Yeah, I wanted to mention a few. I think if you're reading other lists, obviously there's plenty to pick from. There will be some common albums that you'll probably see that we didn't talk about. We mentioned Mitski before. I think uh, the 1975's record is on a lot of these lists. We just reviewed that extensively, so go check that out for our thoughts on that. Uh, I think Father John Misty, God's Favorite Customer, I think is like almost went under the radar this year, but I actually really like that. Um, of course, Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy is on a yep. lot of lists. Ariana Grande's Sweetener is probably the best pure pop album of the year. Camila Cabello's Camilla, her debut album, I thought was really strong, one of the first big albums we got. And then personally, I wanted to shout out Charlie Puth's voice notes just because that album has like five fucking bops that I love. <laughs> and he, I find him very interesting in the pop space as a male pop singer. And then lastly, shout out Astroworld from Travis Scott, mm-hmm. shout out Iridescence from Brockhampton, and shout out Room 25 from No Name. But yeah, great year. Tough, tough and narrow down to 10. Yeah, it was tough. You know, I mentioned a couple of the female alternative artists. I also want to shout out Arctic Monkeys, an album that's definitely grown on me. Tranquility Base Hotel Casino. After seeing it played live, I definitely appreciate the songs more. Um, 21 Pilots 
had a an album that surprised me but i thought was still really good dirty projectors with lamplet uh also surprised me i didn't think i was going to enjoy that album but i came back to it quite a bit yeah and you mentioned iridescence i thought that was an album that i I expected to make your top 10 list in some way but um i appreciate your integrity in keeping it off because i I don't think it's a top 10 Mm -hmm. but it's like a top 20 album of the year yeah for me for sure i just want to say did you have any records that you were like really disappointed in this year that you had high expectations for and they just did not meet those expectations because I had a few that came to mind for me. Here, read through your list and I'll think about it. Yeah, so I mean, I've talked about these a few. There's a few rap records that I wanted to be great and they just weren't. YG, ASAP Rocky, Migos, Ray Shremmerd. But mm-hmm. also, I think bigger, pop-wise, I think this is the first one of these to pop, or second one after Culture 2, Justin Timberlake, Man in the Woods, yep. Total Flop. Definitely an album that aspired to be on all these lists and he was hoping that we were talking about that album the way we just talked about Janelle Monet in terms of uh, various genres and uh, you know lyrical themes but it just was totally flat so I don't know if you had any of those to come to mind but those really stood out to me no none that can come to mind but uh, fuck the 1975 that's all I have to say <laughs> honestly I just didn't give a lot of thought to this I could probably come up with some but I, I just keep listening to all these like top 10 lists and I have to, I had to listen to the 1975 so many times listening to like podcasts and stuff that I'm, oh, yeah. I'm over them, dude. I'm over them. But I'm wondering, are they going to be on your best songs of 2018 list? You'll have to find out. Why don't we start with our, our number 10s for our best songs of 2018. I'll go first. Salt in the Wound by Boy Genius. I also you know, cheated a little bit with this, and I, I said Your Dog by Soccer Mommy, but I talked about Soccer Mommy enough in my, my best album list. Uh, Boy Genius, um, you know, Phoebe Bridgers, Lu- Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker – we reviewed them recently. Um, Basalt in the Wound off their EP, self-titled EP, is probably the song that sounds most like a blended, uh, cohesive effort. You know, we, we talked about how on each of that, each of those um, uh, tracks, they each had a, their own flair from the individual right. artist who kind of was leading it. And Salt in the Wound is a moving uh, piece that just really blends all three of their strengths together beautifully in this like this stirring swelling really overwhelming track that then fades out really beautifully um definitely a song that that i think about quite a bit and i feel really happy that that they came together to make that song because it's something i would i would probably listen to for years um what was your number 10 yeah my number 10 is just a stranger by cali ukis featuring steve lacy produced by ramil from brockhampton Mm -hmm. and Kaliukas' Isolation, an album that also is an honorable mention for me, but I think that's a song that I most I went back to the most, just because I think it's just a really fun song. I think Steve Lacey's feature is is great. It's a very infectious uh, chorus. And I really like Kaliukas as a person like an alternative pop space. And yeah, this is just the song I went back to the most, so I wanted to get her on one of the lists somehow, and this is what I went with. I was wondering when she was going to come up because I, I I knew that you really enjoyed that record. Uh, yeah, she's great. Kelly is going to be a star for sure. Uh, number nine on my list, Eamon Dunes, Blue Rose. You know, we, we didn't review this one either. Uh, Freedom came out back in, well, they, they released the deluxe edition recently, but it came out back, I believe, earlier in the year. It's looking, yeah, back in March, so I thought. And this actually came up through Spotify. Like, I was just listening to some alternative artists and I whatever I had queued up finished and they were playing random songs and Blue Rose came on and I was like 
oh shit this this is fucking hypnotic and dancey and i went back and listened to the album the whole album freedom is great and it would have been in my probably top 20 if we had made a list it, it was on my honorable mention but i thought i'd talk about it now damon mcmahon is this like you know alternative rock artist from brooklyn who's made five albums and didn't really hit until freedom came out this year and the whole album is great but blue rose specifically is just so um it just sucks you in you feel like you're just in a different world like you're on a safari or something throughout um and his vocals are haunting and beautiful and if you haven't checked out Eamon Dunes, I highly recommend it, but especially like start with, with Blue Rose. And if, if that doesn't suck you in, I might have to check to see if you have a pulse. Number nine for you, Dave. Number nine for me is Tanya by Brockhampton, a song that actually took a while to grow on me when I first heard it as a single and they performed it on Fallon too. And once I understood that it was just going to be a different kind of song than what they had on the Saturation trilogy, I had a more open mind. And that's how I feel about Iridescence in general. But I think Tanya is, is probably one of the highlights for me. I know you're literally like San Marcos, but I think about these songs in the same way. Mm-hmm. Brockhampton had a really difficult year or so, uh, personally, as, as a band. And this is a, a song of them really just airing that out on song about how they've been feeling. And there's a, there's a reason they're pretty down throughout mm-hmm. the song. But I think Kevin, much like on his Wait First really gets into the shit on, on Tanya. Yeah. And I, I I think this is uh, probably the song that'll like last the longest for me. Because, you know, like the first song, New Orleans, you know, that, that's a great Brockhampton banger. I could have picked that. But I think Tanya, there's just more heft to it, you know, more yeah, weight, weight. weight. So Number eight for me was If You Know You Know by Pusha T. We talked about it enough. But if it's not yep. on your list, you missed boy. Why don't we move on to <laughs> number seven? Because I don't know if we need to talk anymore about Pusha. We give him enough praise. Well, my number eight is Rotation 112 by oh. J-Rock. Sorry, I didn't I didn't realize you didn't say your number eight. No, no, it's all good. Again, this is similar to my thoughts on Redemption as a whole. I thought about, ah, do I need to put J-Rock on both lists? And then I was like, you know, honestly, personally, I just really like this song. And I think J-Rock just fucking kills it. It's a great song. And that's why I went with it. I mean, I was entertaining a lot of things. I was entertaining, like... Nicki Minaj's Barbie Dreams here. I was entertaining LMF by Smino. Heck, I even thought about Rap Devil by MGK. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went with a song that I know I listen to more than those, which was which is one of these rock songs. Fucking, uh, on the end of the day, sometimes it's just really simple, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's why I have J-Rock on both lists. Yeah, almost like trust your instincts on that. It's funny for me to look at my, my number eight and my number seven because they're so opposite. If you know, you know, is this like, it's like slowly builds up to this fucking banger. And then number seven is Golden Hour, which I was just talking about with Casey Musgraves. <laughs> but it's like, I, I think the description I wrote is it literally makes me feel like I'm sitting on a porch, like drinking a beer while like the sun goes down. Uh, it's just really a beautiful song. Um, and Casey Musgraves had so many different notes on that album, like we talked about, but that's the one I come back to the most. I think I enjoy the music that makes me feel like i'm just chilling out um i mean she's just she's a master um so definitely check that out what was your number seven dave yeah my number seven is breathing by ariana grande and initially i was like i'll probably have sweetener on the album list and then i you know it got booted out Mm -hmm. but again i still think that's the best pop pure pop album we've had this year and the reason it was so exciting or is so exciting is because this is like the first time Ari stopped trying to show you how great of a singer she was. She finally acknowledged that she has those pipes. She doesn't need to constantly 
make that be all that's it about. I think a song in Breathe In, which, especially in the beginning, especially like in the hooks on this, it, it's more subdued, especially for her past standards. But I also actually went back. I went to this song a lot after Mac Miller died, uh, funny enough. Hmm. And I uh, I really like the message. I know a lot of people like it for other reasons. Uh, similar, though, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a song that can be quite effective and, and personal. And that's why I went with this one. But I think there's a lot of good songs you could pick from the Ari record. That's a really inspired choice. And it's uh, I'm I'm surprised by it, but that that was one of the highlights off that album, which I didn't love, but I thought that was one of the better songs. Number six for me. So you talked about Tanya, and San Marcos is probably my favorite song off the Brockhampton album, but 1999 Wildfire Dog, that's the best Brockhampton song of the year. Not on an album. <laughs> Not on the album. At any time you can give me Brockhampton infused with Outkast. And I'm yeah. just fucking bopping to it. And I feel like I'm like, listen to Aquamini, like Aquamini. I know I said it wrong. I say Aquamini, Aquamini. Jesus, man. Yeah. Aquam- I, I, I've always said Aquamini. I know it's Aquamini. I don't give a fuck. I, I like to say, it. <laughs> I say it. Dude, it's just, it's so fucking fun. Like <laughs> that, that song, I think about like the sirens in that in the beginning. Like, woo, woo. Like it's just fire, dude. Like, yeah. Joba has like a really fun verse, really off the wall, which is what you kind of expect from him. But yeah, Kevin just kills it as an doing Andre, Mm -hmm. you know? And Kevin shows a lot of other vocal uh, range on iridescence, but Mm -hmm. we never really sound like he sounded on wildfire. Yeah. That's a great pick. I'm surprised you didn't go with like, love it if you made it. Cause that's like Billy Joel. And this is like (laughs) outcast, you know, I thought you liked those kind of comps. Anytime you can be saying, I'd love it if we made it Dave and be, there's some fucking line in there that I was reading today. I was reading through the lyrics and I was like, Oh God, this this is so fake heavy it's crazy what's number uh what's number six on your list let's just fucking six for me is stack that cheese by lube fiasco featuring nikki jean off drogas wave shout out drogas wave an album that we reviewed that review was very popular on our youtube channel so Mm -hmm. check that out but no i think stack that cheese was the immediate highlight of that very long lupe record for one reason, it was because it was the fucking sequel to Hip Hop Save My Life, one of the best Lupe songs of all time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he made the sequel song over 10 years later, and he just picks it back up into that story. It's a conceptual song that also sounds great that you can listen to just as a song. You don't actually have to listen to the part, but the storytelling is really cool. And it's like up- updated for 2018 themes and like norms but still feels like a sequel song. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. I think it's a, it's a great banger, but also it's a really cool idea that I was happy to see happen. Drogas Wave, just in general, is, uh, you know, we, we talked about it and reviewed it, so check that out, but really solid, if not a very long album. Um, but yeah, Stack That Cheese is it fucking bumps, and it's just so much fun to listen to. Great pick. Number five for me, you're, we're staying hip-hop, Ghost Town by Kanye West. Yay was a record that was very up and down, and I listened to it quite a bit. You know, I'm a big Kanye fan. I really think he's a musical genius. I hope he doesn't hear that. He doesn't need his ego boosted anymore. But Ghost Town was is the most triumphant, if not nonsensical, song of the year. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know if Kanye understands how bleeding works and how burning works, but uh, OVO Shake on this is. 070. 070. 070 shake on this is just phenomenal. And really, that I, th- I think when we talked about our uh, 
XXL picks, I was like, she's got to be in consideration because of how strong she was on that. Just the whole, you know, Cuddy's fantastic in that as well. Just really strong effort and one of the catchiest lines too. And it really just brings you back to wanting to be a kid. And they also earthed some great memes from that, you know, like that's right. <laughs> just uh, overall a great song. <laughs> Your number five, Dave. Yeah, my number five is also something we mentioned briefly before, High Horse by Casey Musgraves. Mm. Again, a song I never expected. I never expected it to really dig a Casey Musgraves song. Like I knew that she was critically liked country artist that was more left of center in terms of country standards. But I never expected like a fucking modern disco track. Right. Let alone one that also banks. Mm-hmm. And it's a song that, again, has a good message. And you can listen to it for that if you want, or you can just dance to the song and have a good time with it. So I think High Horse is... Uh, it's funny because, like, like you mentioned, there's other picks, and I'm, I'm seeing Space Cowboy on a lot of lists too. But I think this is probably the standout for me just because you can listen to it for any occasion. Yeah, it's it's a really fun song. I'm going to have a uh, another disco track from a female artist later on. So I, I only wanted to put one disco song on here. Fair. <laughs> My number four, keeping it moving. I like it by Cardi B featuring Bad Bunny and J Balvin. I like this song so much. I named one of my fantasy football teams after it. That's right. It's it's a catchy <laughs> fucking song. Um, Cardi is her most Cardi on that. She's uh, swaggerful. She's hypnotic. She's uh, killing it. And then you have the you know the Latin infused sound and. This is probably the most catchy and infectious song of the year. And I find myself thinking about it all the time just because I can't get it out of my fucking head. It's so good. What's so cool about I Like It is that, I mean, as we've known, Cardi has help with her music. She doesn't write everything, probably even most things, right? But this is a song that Atlantic as a label really put together. They picked out this sample. They picked out Balvin and Bunny. And obviously, Cardi probably had help writing. But... It's a perfect example of when the industry system works because this song works so fucking well. So well. <laughs> and again, the sample is great. It's still very tasteful. And like you said, Cardi is such an inspired performer on this. Mm-hmm. My favorite line is probably um, at the right at the end of that verse. It's uh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Like it's yep. the best part in my opinion. <laughs> but no, that's um, again, it's one of the most popular songs of the year. But it's also on almost all the top 10 lists for good reason. It's both very popular and very good. So you like to yeah. see that. It's a really, really great song. Your number four. My number four is Reborn by mm. Kitsy Ghost, Kanye and Cuddy. mentioned it before. I think that second Kanye verse is like top, top tier. One of the best verses he's released uh, since Twisted Fantasy, to be honest. So, mm. and I like Cuddy, Cuddy on that too. So that, that, that was my pick. I know uh, like you, you're, you were bigger on Ghost Town uh, among all else from yay this year but i think reborn was the standout for me from all that work yeah it's funny as i'm starting to get together my movie list i think i keep going back to like what am i just like having the best time listening to you know um and like i think about i think mission impossible fallout's gonna be really high on my movie list for that reason and that's the reason that ghost town was so high in my just it's a fun song to listen to that really just like catches me the right way but reborn i mean if you can get classic kanye or at least like some piece of classic kanye back that's it's a worthy pick number three for me i talked about this album wide awake the song that the album is named after um this starts off with Congos, Bongos, 
Uh, it sounds like they're like in a street in Latin America. And then this killer baseline comes in that if you listen to it, it's stuck in your head all day and you feel like you're just moving through life with that baseline in your head. It's a really dancey and fun song. And I have an album, which I just talked about being really, really great. Um, this is probably the high point for me. So definitely check out Wide Awake by Parquet Quartz. Your number three, Mr. Martinson. My number three feels like summer. Vince Staples, Ty Dolla Sign, the first track on FM. But this is a song that I restarted, I think, three times before I kept listening to the rest of mm-hmm. FM. It was just perfect West Coast Vince. Ty Dolla Sign is used just enough, the best way possible. Fantastic fucking G-Funk adjacent West Coast fucking gang rap. Yeah, it it's a great song. Anytime you you immediately go back to listen to a song again, you know it's just like it's a heater for you. And I did that actually with this next song, which came in at number two for me, Mitski. Nobody. This was the disco track I was alluding to. I mean, this is yep. disco carnival infused piano driven Mitski at her her best. Um, and for you know an album which we we thought was pretty good, but be the cowboy kind of i think fell below our expectations it's still a really solid album but just not where we thought miski could pull off nobody though is a song that it drives you in this like swirl of emotion in your mind and it brings like i said this carnival disco feel to a song about real loneliness and and despair in a way and it's it's really just uh it's a master class from miski and it, it really does what she does what she does best is write these really meaningful clever lyrics and and pit it with this unique music so nobody my number two uh, did you have it on your list or was it did it just miss, miss the mark i know you like i one. did not but yeah i do that that's a song that's also in a lot of lists across mm-hmm. the board like i like it i think it's a, it's a clear highlight from the mitski album definitely all right your number one dave no my number two number two sorry my number two is self-care by mac miller which is funny because when we reviewed Swimming at the time, I don't feel like I didn't talk about this song that much. I was talking about other stuff like Ladders and mm-hmm. uh, 2009, What's yeah. the Use, right? Like that's the one we have in the playlist. But Self Care, I realized, was a song I was actually going to be going back to the most. I think, for one, it kind of has like a weird rhythm to it that's unlike other Max songs. But I think also it happens, it happens to be the lyrical content, what he's actually talking about, given what actually happened to Mac. I think it's both really sad. Like sometimes I have a hard time listening to this song, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, I'll stop. But uh, this is the one that sat with me the most. And I actually probably would pair this with breathing a lot in terms of my personal listening. So it's, I mean, shit, it was on, they had this on rap caviar for a long mm-hmm. time. And Mac obviously hasn't really been a rap caviar artist for a while, but that was a song that highlighted. And I think even though it's a heavier song and even though his rapping is not as energetic as he is at other times, I think the beat really moves and is really cool. And also that hook he does, you know, the switch the time zones. What do I know? Like, I think mm-hmm. that's actually really listenable if you're just trying to listen to it strictly for Sonics. But it's a heavy song, but that's my number two. Damn. R.I.P. Mac, dude. What a fucking loss. Mm-hmm. 2018, not been the best year for a lot of different reasons, but musically it's been great. What was your number one song of the year, though? My number one song was, I believe it was my number two most played song on Spotify this year, which I also use YouTube and download songs a lot, so that's not my only metric, but on Spotify, my number two song, my number one for 2018 is Screwed, Janelle Monet featuring Zoe Kravitz, and this is that song, I definitely restarted this during the Dirty Computer listen, and 
I kept going back to this because I think this song is just so fucking fun. I I, yep. I honestly feel about it the way I feel, you feel about it. I like it where it's just I think everybody kills. I think Zoe Kravitz has really cool background vocals that like they're like mixed just right. So she's like really just right behind Janelle uh, yeah. when they're both singing together. And it's a fun hook again, like Pink, like other songs on this great album. There are lots of themes going on, and you can dig into those and listen to those if you want to, or you can just listen to the song on its own and have fun with it because it's fucking really fun to listen to. Yeah, man. that It starts off just from that guitar hook in the beginning. You're just like, oh, shit. This is, it's like fucking like bubblegum yep. to you, and then you're just in for the ride. My number one, I actually, the reason I asked you because I thought we were going to have the same one. This is America by Donald Glover. Ended up being my number one song for the year. And I, last year, when I mentioned my number one song of the year was Bodak Yellow, I gave it for similar reasons. This is, I thought that culturally it had one of the, the biggest impacts. And This is America, I think, is um, not only a song that I found very catchy and, and interesting to listen to, and I thought it was very good, but I thought the themes were very applicable to the year. Um, you know, I just talked about how it's been a difficult year for a lot of people and the, the how it talks about, you know, the, the plight of black people in America is very meaningful for this time. But that mixed with the music video. And we talked about Atlanta last week and how that was a cultural making show. This is the same thing. This this really enveloped the culture when it came out, what, in like July or June around there? Yeah. Um, and it... it, it people were just watching it and talking about it and it really captured a moment. I think for that reason, more than almost any other song, this is, uh, this is my song of the year. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on that though? Yeah. My thing is, I think this is America is the best music video of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a song without the visual component. It's not quite as strong. Th- that's a fair take for sure. Doesn't mean you can't like it. I still think the song's fun to listen to, but the added nuance and message of the video, or lack thereof. Remember, he never claimed to have a message for it, but y- you don't get much of any of that without the video. Right. Other things that's actually very unique in that regard, because we don't have a lot of songs that are silver line in the video to tell the rest of the story like this, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, it's still, uh, it's still a, a nice pick. I saw the song live in September, and it was, really, it was still really good, really fun. But yeah, I would say... Without the video component, it was tough for me to squeeze it on here. I think that that's a really strong take. One thing I, I just find interesting is the song that probably was the song of the year was Mo Bamba, but it was a 2017 track, that, that Second Life. Not thing. just that. A June 2017 right. track. Shit's fucking old. Yes, it took over and percolated and peaked to like number six in the middle of this year. No doubt about that. The video came out in January, but the song was so underground for so long i just couldn't put it on my list and in the past i would give people shit for putting Redbone and bad and bougie on lists a year later so i couldn't do that now with mobamba right you know um but that was my number one most played song on spotify and i think in terms of songs that captured this year it's right there with i like it mm-hmm. you know it wasn't quite as popular obviously globally as i like it but in terms of i think here in here in the u.s domestically clubs parties sporting events colleges the song was just fucking everywhere and i mean for good reason we talked about it before but the chance the just the energy of the song is both perfect for live shows but also perfect for events so mm-hmm. um it's gonna be on people's lists i've already seen around there but i couldn't actually go with it because it's it's a little old already <laughs> yeah for real before we wrap up any songs that didn't make your list that you wanted to shout out real quick 
Yeah, I mentioned a few: Clark Cobain, yep. LMF, a Barbie Dreams. I also really like "Never Say Die" by Churches. I really liked uh, "No Mistakes" off Ye mm-hmm. with Charlie Wilson. I really like "Nice for What," Drake. I liked all his big hits, but I thought "Nice for What" was the, b- the best one. I like "Wu Tang Forever" from Logic, and literally all yep. of Wu Tang Clan. That <laughs> song banged. And then I think my number one banger, and I tried to get it on here, and I was maybe taking it off J Rock, but I decided to take keep it off. Is a reboot song by Kami featuring mm. Chance the Rapper and Joy Perp, all, all Chicago song. I think that is just my f- my favorite, just straight ignorant banger of the year. <laughs> so I almost got it on there. I also really like Where the Bag At by City Girls. I love listening to women be sexual and you know take back misogyny and rap. You know, yeah. So I really respect them for that. And of course, they had a big year mm-hmm. uh, with the Drake co-sign. And then lastly, I also almost had this on my list, but Electricity by Silk City and Dua Lipa. Mm. I thought was a really fun dance song. I'm a big Dua Lipa fan. She was on my album list last year. Yep. But I think actually, you know, for an off year for her, no no album, uh, it was a really strong feature. And I really liked that song. And I mentioned the Charlie Puth uh, bops. I almost got one on here, but I was like, I kind of think about those like five Charlie Puth songs the same way. So I decided to keep them all off, but. I just Shout love how you Puth, stand man. Charlie Puth, man. That's that's my favorite part of the podcast now. I hope you bring him up every single time. <laughs> yeah, so a couple that I, I talked about before, like Fun by Vince Staples, I had a hard time leaving off. Um, Mr. Tillman by Father John Misty, I thought was the strongest track yeah. there. Um, Anywhere by Anderson Pock featuring Snoop Dogg. Um, but then a couple that we, I didn't talk about, Katronada's uh, Chances featuring Shay Leah. Yes. We were talking about how this reminded us a lot of uh, Aluna George, and it's just a f- fucking great song. I can't wait for another Katronada album. Um, yep. But uh, a couple others, uh, Morning by Francis and the Lights, which another funny conversation we had, how the fuck did Francis oh. and the Lights come out for the, this year? I mean, technically it was um, very end of last year, but because of the cycle, yeah. what we still counted for this year. Um, but the number one song I had a hard time leaving off, Boot Up by LMI. I mean, you want to talk about just like poppy fun goodness, like Baba Boot Up, so fucking catchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, summer. That, fucking love that song. Um, and just last shout out, I mentioned the dirty project, dirty projectors before. It's a lifestyle, like gets caught in my brain very easily and played sure. over and over. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites from that album. But I think that wraps it up. A great fucking year in music. We didn't even talk about Beyonce and Jay Z who dropped that. No, I saw Ape Show was on a lot of lists. I, I also considered the story of Adidon by Pusha yeah, T uh, like, pretty worthy. Consider, I mean, you mentioned This is America in terms of cultural footprint mm-hmm. talking points. That was right there. Uh, oh, and lastly, uh, 1985 by J. Cole. I really like that song, too. Yeah, we didn't mention Drake. Uh, we didn't mention the 1975. All um, artists and that are going to have songs in, in their albums or however you want to call their projects mm-hmm. uh, in the top 50 top tens so there's a lot of good music this year um and we hope that you take our recommendations and try to check it out and find some new music that feels right for you Um, but we also want to hear what your top tens of the year were your best albums and your best songs so tweet at the pod at nostalgia pod leave a comment on our youtube videos let us know what we should be listening to or what we got wrong or what we got right give us some positive feedback as well yeah and give us that reading review on itunes Next week, we're going to be looking at trends of the year, uh, superlatives as well. So if you have any any uh, superlatives you want us to get to or any suggestions, we will take it into account. Any last thoughts for the people? Dave? The 21 Savage is releasing an album on Friday. <laughs> and 
I think it's going to be really good. I'm just disappointed it didn't come out a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. For the sake it, of the lists. Next year we'll be ta- we'll be saying I can't believe Twenty One Savage came out this year, even though yeah. it wasn't technically this year. So, um, anyways, until next week, we love you. Peace out. Yeah.